What's up, guys? It's Vinny Rock Podcast. Hey, I have my pastor coming in today to ask, answer some of the hard questions I have to ask him. Some of the questions are what my kids have asked me. Uh, some of the questions are stuff that still, uh, you know, are in me. Um, I hope you guys stick around to try and listen to this. It's a very open conversation, uh, not a biased one on left or right. It's just kind of I'm, I'm trying to make it as as open and honest and, and open-minded as possible for you guys, the listeners, to actually enjoy it. But just giving you a fair warning, that's what it's going to be about. We're going to be asking a bunch of hard questions. And uh, if you're not interested, I'm sorry. Jump, jump on to the next one. But uh, until then, here's my sponsors. I'm going to do no cursing in the sponsorships because I think this whole podcast is going to be no cursing. So I think some of you guys can take this to your kids and listen to it. But um, you guys already know you have Core Medical Group. Core Medical Group is hormone replacement therapy for those who need it. Uh, those who need it most, a lot of veterans have been tested and proven to have needed it because of the duration of combat stress in their lives. So giving you the heads up, if you're a law enforcement officer, if you're a uh, veteran who has tours in combat, if you're just a man, 35 years and feeling slower, uh, feeling down on yourself, feeling you can't work out enough to get to where you want to be. I would go get my hormones checked if I was you. You guys are interested in that. You guys hit me up. I'll send you to Core Medical Group, and they can send you hormone replacement therapy treatment anywhere in the United States straight to your doorstep. Nothing better than that. And if you guys call them without me, just let them know where you heard it from first, Vincent Rocco Vargas. Also, don't forget Perseverance Survival. Perseverance Survival makes a whoopee hoodie. If you guys don't know what a whoopee is, a whoopee is something that a military personnel uh, deem as very very important um it is a blanket that we take with us everywhere we go from the cold weather to the hot weather it is just the comfort item that most military personnel have well perseverance survival decided to go ahead and make that into a hoodie it is hands down one of the best hoodies i have living in salt lake city utah in the cold weather i wear them all the time they're an amazing thing it's an amazing company made by an amazing veteran you guys check out PerseveranceSurvival.com or Perseverance underscore Survival on Instagram. GMR Gold. GMR Gold is another one of my sponsors. Them with Bullion Box. GMRGold.com. Uh, you know, the coolest thing about that is being able to have my kids, speaking of kids on this podcast anyways, to be able to have my kids enjoy when the packages come. They know there's going to be some silver or gold showing up at the doorstep. And so that's something important for me and the family to always have something like that. And we enjoy it. You guys check them out. That's gmrgold.com or bullion box. Get the 100, the 200, the $300 box. You choose the monthly subscriptions that you want. I love them. You guys should too. Uh, we have a few other sponsors real quick. Beyond Clothing, you guys already know. One of my favorites. Um, I've been still trying to link up with um, the marketing team to to be able to do some some pictures. I want to show them show them my outdoor skills here in the Utah, in the mountains, in the snow. But if you guys are interested in some outstanding expeditionary clothing systems, you guys go to Beyond Clothing. Uh, if you're an outdoorsman, if you like to hike, if you like to camp, if you if you like to take your family out there and do the thing. I would recommend you go check out Beyond Clothing. They're insanely awesome. They're they're a high quality company. When I say that, you'll know 
when you get a jacket or, or a backpack or some jeans from them. There's actually the same jeans or same pants that I wore in the movie Range 15. Beyond Clothing, you check them out on Instagram. It's beyond.clothing and beyondclothing.com. Another one of my sponsors. Uh, jumping around here real quick. Uh, another one of my sponsors is always going to be Warfighter Tobacco Company. You guys check out what they got going on right now. They just got the Minuteman. And what that is is a smaller cigar for your pleasure. Uh, you can pick it up and smoke it a lot faster than you can, maybe a 45-minute or 60-minute uh, cigar. So check them out, warfightertobacco.com. It's, it's just a company, obviously, you know I love and I own. Uh, last but not least, Willie Peach Chocolate. I'm going to just jump through these sponsors because uh, this conversation I'm going to have with my pastor today I think is going to be pretty fun, pretty interesting, and something you can share with your family. But last but not least, like I said, Willie Peach Chocolate, WillyPeachChocolates.com. You guys check them out. I've been seeing some of my friends buy it, and every single one of them has nothing but good things to say about Willie Peach Chocolate. Trust me, guys. You have to try Willie Peach Chocolate if you haven't yet. It changes the norm of what a chocolate bar normally is. He has so many different flavors and varieties that you can choose which one you like, what's good for your mama, what's good for you, what's good for the kids. He has them all. You guys, trust me on this. You'll love them. WillyPeachChocolates.com. All right, guys, we're going to get to this podcast right now. Yeah. Hey, what's up, guys? It's the Vinny Rock Podcast, and I got with me um, Pastor Rick. It's, hey, guys. it's Rick Henderson, correct? Yeah, that's right. You know, it's funny. Uh, early on, when I started going to SMCC, and that's the church that I go to, guys, here in uh, here in uh, Salt Lake City, and there's a bunch of different branches, but I go to the Draper campus. Yeah. And the first time I went there, uh, it was a different pastor. And so I told my wife, like, oh, maybe we should look somewhere else. And she goes, well, let's try this place one more time because I really like the vibe. And the mm-hmm. vibe is one of those places where I can go, sh- I can show up in, in flip-flops and a hat and not feel judged, which is super, super cool to feel that way. Because me, me and my wife, Christy, I don't know if you knew this, but we were in San Antonio before. And there's a church in San Antonio that we used to go to mm-hmm. that was like that. Yeah. And if I didn't feel like going into the, the main office, I could actually go and just have coffee, sit and watch and get the message and walk away. And that was real comfortable for me. That's when I was ready to start, like, I guess, start going to church again. I had to find a place where I'd feel comfortable, and that was the case. Yeah. So when we moved here, uh, I looked all over the place, and I found two very very similar concepts. The Rock, mm-hmm. which I've never been to, and SMCC. And... Um, and so when we went there the first time, I was like, no, I'm not a fan. I didn't, I didn't, you know, the guy didn't just didn't connect with me. Yeah. And then the next one I went to, you were on there and I didn't know that this was Draper campus is essentially your campus. Yeah, right? that's you, right. I'm responsible for leading that campus. You're the lead and how do you say worship leader? I'm the campus pastor. Campus pastor. Yeah. Okay, cool. And so then you, you went up there the next time and I was like, oh, I can, I can hang out with this guy. Like, <laughs> I, for some oh, I appreciate reason. appreciate that. Yeah. 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 For some reason I felt like a, a I, I related to you, but not even that. The way you, re, the way I received the message, yeah, um, it cool. was comfortable. I didn't feel shoved down my throat. I didn't feel it was fake. I feel like your honesty and candor on on stage is what drew me into like, look, we got to keep coming. Whether whether you like the message or not, for some reason I like watching him speak. Well, that's cool, man. I, I really appreciate that. I, I one of the targets that I'm shooting for every week is I wanted to be helpful. I wanted to be hopeful. I actually really dig it when people say I disagree with you because yeah. that tells me they're listening. Yeah. <laughs> How could they disagree with me if they're not listening? Mm-hmm. They would, I, w- I would rather you disagree than be indifferent. Yeah. Um, but uh, I just want to I just want to I love having conversations with folks and I love it when people ask questions. And I, I love the I just love the fact that we can talk about big things without it being uh, divisive. Right, yeah. right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's one of the most important things. That's why I was comfortable bringing you on here because mm-hmm. I'm like. 
man, you can have this conversation with a, a million people and all million hate you after it. You know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so it's hard to find someone I feel was going to be able to, to be able to have this conversation with yeah. the, me today and not be offended. Well, if there's anybody in your, out there in the podcast universe listening to this and, and their anxiety is kind of amping up a little bit because maybe they've had bad experiences with church people in the past. I get that. I mean, I, I grew up in a super kind of grumpy, judgmental uh, church culture in the deep South and it burned me bad. Yeah. I mean, there's a, there was a season in my life where it's like, I don't, I just want to sleep in on Sunday. I don't want to go yeah. to church anymore. I don't, I'm not giving up on God, but I don't want to be around church people yeah. Yeah. anywhere. And that's just unfortunate. Yeah. Well, well, it's funny because I went through the phases in my life. Um, born Catholic. My uh -huh. mom's strong Catholic. My mom's now not yeah. Catholic Christian. I think she kind of watched all her kids and was curious, like, yeah. well, what are they going to watch that's actually got them in, enjoying church? Because we never enjoyed church. I never did. Yeah. Sundays was baseball. you know, <laughs> And it really was for me. I was like, yeah. sorry, mom, got a game. Yeah. And it went all until I got older. And then... I completely was like disconnected from faith because of the fact that, like, I mean, all the questions, we're going to go over that later, definitely mm -hmm. hit on some of these questions, but even my kids have those same questions, you know, yeah. but I think because it's not shoved down their throats, they're more comfortable with having the conversation than I was when I was a kid, because the way sure. that me and my kids approach faith yeah. is in, is different. I, so can I, can yeah, I hit please. you real quick with my, my philosophy on that? Because I'm a dad. Yeah. Um, uh, my wife and I, we were foster parents for a while. We adopted out of foster care. Uh, we have uh, two kids, the old fashioned way uh, as well. And, there's something in me, and I think it's out there in a lot in a lot of dudes. I love control or the illusion of control, yeah. um, but it never works out well. And I try to remind myself that that influence is way better uh, than control. And so uh, influence is limitless, yeah. right? I don't have to be where my kids are at to have influence, right? Um, but uh, control is always going to be limited to my capacity, and yeah. my capacity is way smaller <laughs> than yeah. I wish that it was. But uh, but when I talk to my kids, I'm like, hey, listen, there are four major questions in life. Everybody has the exact same questions. Every worldview, if you're Muslim, if you're Jewish, if you're Christian, if you're atheist, whatever, you have the exact same questions. And we just disagree on the answers. And questions are like origin. Why is there something instead of nothing? Meaning, does your life have purpose and value? Uh, morality, is there a way that you ought to live? Are there things you ought to do even if you don't want to? Are there things you right. ought not do even if you do right. want to? And destiny, where's all this headed? What happens when we what happens to us when we die? Do we return to meaninglessness? Do we yeah. become one with you? I mean, what happens here? Everybody has the same questions in every worldview, every religion, every, uh, I mean, even if you're political, everybody's trying to answer some of these big questions in life. We just disagree on what the answers are. We don't disagree on the questions. And what I tell my kids is, listen, you're never gonna, you're never gonna be in hot water with me. Yeah. Like I'm a pastor, I'm a professional Christian. Yeah. You're never gonna be, <laughs> you're never gonna be in hot water with me if you disagree with me. Yeah. But you owe it to yourself to know why you believe what you believe. Hundred percent. Yeah. And then so the conversation in my car is exactly that. Like we talk a lot in the car, especially mm -hmm. going to and from church. Mm -hmm. I think going from church is the best conversations as a family we have because all the questions that arise from 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 faith, from from church, from the lesson of the day, whatever the case. Yeah. Even sometimes I I ask them the question you yeah, know what i mean that's cool and the cool thing is to me is like they say why are we christian i was like well you right now are christian because i'm christian yeah. but you don't always have to be christian if you choose that you want to learn other faith uh, you're more than welcome to but i ask that you actually learn it and you get yeah. down to the nitty-gritty of why you believe that faith is 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 the one you want to follow other than mine or not faith at all yeah your choice but I'm always going to influence mm -hmm. the fact that this is what I believe in and this is why I believe in. And when they ask me questions I can answer, I tell them, like, 
I'm not going to lie to you. I don't know. Yeah. I have to ask that question. Like being in leadership so many years in the military, the biggest thing is like to be a leader. Um, it's more embarrassing to try and lie about a fact and say, oh, oh yeah, well, the max range of this, this gun is this, it can do. And if I don't know by lying, those kids are going to know. Yeah. And you lose so much respect in doing that. And I think it's the same as a father. Is If I lie to my kids, oh, man, mm-hmm. right now with Google at their hands, they can find out any answer they want. And I lose so much respect to my kids by being yeah. a liar to them. So I'm completely honest. Like, look, I don't know the answer to that. The reason I believe in God is because blah, 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 all these yeah. things in my life, whatever the case. And so, and it's funny. I would love to start with those four questions that you just mentioned. Okay. And see what your answers are to those, especially to your kids. Sure. And like this, this podcast is kind of more for me for guys who probably question faith. Look, I don't need them to try and convert. I'm not trying to convert anyone right now. What I'm trying to do is answer those questions for my kids, but for publicly so people can hear them as well for their kids. If they had that question, if they don't, they can go on to the next podcast. It doesn't hurt me. Sure. But I, I think it's given me the opportunity to do this for everyone else as much as I'm doing it for myself. Yeah. The only thing I, I mean, obviously being a pastor, my uh, I'm about. I want to persuade people to what I've become convinced is true. Now, yeah. I don't think that it's my job to convince anybody. It's my job to share what's convinced me. Yeah. Um, but one of the things that, like, I try to teach my kids, or when I we have a class for people who are predominantly skeptics yeah. who come to our church, and they're yeah. just like they get to ask any question they want, and and I'm gonna say, listen, I'm gonna give my best answer to your best question at the end of the day. It's not my goal to get you to think like me. It's my goal for you to be able to decide what you want to trust in. Right. You, you get you get clear answers. But if there's something in us that's afraid of a question or if there's something in us that's afraid of an answer i think that's worth leaning into yeah yeah no it's crazy so so the big thing that happened to me recently i told you i had a podcast that talked about my buddy who was saying there's a potential ice age coming and and that can potentially change the course of history what i do for a living will be not relevant anymore it'd be more for what can i do for my family and survival yeah and so when this conversation comes with my family my kids like first right away my 13 year old goes dad i don't want to die and, and the fear I have in that is saying, well, well, one, in the faith side of me, you should never be worried about death, right? If, if, if you know, Jesus Christ, your Savior, and you continue to live, a, live this Christian life, yeah. fear is not something you should fear. Death is not something you should fear, right? Because sure. And, and, sure. and then the yeah. other side of me is like, she's like, needs some still, still reassurance. My other side is like, look, I, as a father, am going to do everything I can to make sure this family survives in any situation, shape, or form. But I, I don't see her convinced on the Christian answer. And so I don't, it, it leaves me, I guess, nervous that I can't, tr- like she's, I, I, I don't know. I guess I'm scared now. It's like, I don't know how to make her trust in that answer. And me, myself, I don't know how much I trust in that answer myself because yeah, of the enough. fact, yeah. man, it, it's like the unknown. Yeah. So, I mean, well, one, I don't know how I can make anybody do anything. Right. I mean, once I heard somebody say one time, once your kids are too big to pick up and move, literally move. I I don't know how you can, how how you can make anybody do anything. I can't make my kids believe I can't make my wife, you know, change her mind about things. I can do my best to be winsome and uh, do some, do some case making. Uh, But when it, when it comes down, when it comes down to this, listen, the facts of global warming or an ice age, I feel like that's above my pay grade. I, my uh, education is in philosophy, so I can tell you what you already know in a way you can't understand. Right. But I listen when it comes to science and, uh, and and things like that. I don't know, but let's just pretend that it's true because yeah. if it's not that, it's going to be something. Right. I mean, right. whether you're 95 years old and and you die uh, just of natural causes, or you die in a car accident, or whatever, or you or you die from a from from a uh, an impending ice age, it's time is going to run out. Right. Time runs out yep. for everybody. Um, and so what is it that, uh, what is it that makes your life worth living and what makes, 
What is it that makes you able to face that without being crushed by it? Uh, going all the way back to a guy named Epictetus, I mean, one of the early Greek uh, philosophers, basically built all of philosophy on how do we live in light of death? All philosophy has been trying to answer that question from the beginning. Wait, how do you enjoy life when you know you're going to die? I know. Hey, there's a uh, there's a guy named Leo Tolstoy, and he basically uh, he basically said this. He says it's possible to live as long as life intoxicates us, but once we are sober, we cannot help but seeing it's all a delusion. There's nothing funny or witty about it at all. It's all cruel and stupid. All right, so this is a guy who's trying to answer this question, what makes my life yeah. meaningful? And part of that answer is, what is it heading towards? Right. What happens when we die? Now, as a Christian, I've become convinced that this is not all that there is, that there is life as it was always intended to be on the other side of death. Right. We don't cease to exist. My body might cease to exist, but I can. But as a, as a, as a follower of Jesus, the, the promise that I've become convinced of is that I'll get to live forever with him and and it's and a lot of people think it's going to be like some mystical way off in the universe kind yeah. of heaven but really the promise of the new testament is that this planet this earth is going to be remade as it was always intended to be and we get to enjoy this forever it's so so when, so let me stop you there yeah I, it says that that's kind of the if, if you break yeah. it down it says so this earth so that's good for me because because that's the question i've always had like what the hell is heaven? Hey, can I do a little self promo? Please. So we did a we did a message series back in the summer called uh, the Good Place, and we did a spinoff. I was of there the, for every single one of those. We did a spinoff of the show, the, the show. Good Place, which is absolutely hilarious. I, I made it to every single one of those. Yeah, I, I and so, so we fun. talk about that a little bit. So yeah. if people wanted to go on our website smccutah.org, they could just look up the Good Place. I'll make sure I put that in. in yeah, in, yeah. And we and we we talk about that. I think that's it. That it's a it's a. Uh, part of the Christian hope is that your body is kind of remade and it's a real physical enjoy enjoyable thing uh, that there's there's wine there's food there's work there's all kinds of wonderful things all the things we love about life is perfectly experienced and so whether I experience pain now or pain later that there's something inside of us that's like sometimes we, we just know things should be better this right. isn't exactly the way that it should be that that's what's promised for Christians and for those of you who are thinking, hey, man, that's pie in the sky. Hey, going all the way back to like when Christianity first started in the Roman Empire, when every when like a plague would come through and everybody would bolt, Christians would go into a village, go into a town and be like, we're going to serve the sick and we're going to serve the dying and we're going to we're going to help people maintain their dignity and yeah. give them all the compassion we can. And if we die, we die. Big whoop. We can face that because we're confident in what's coming next. But. If your view of life is what's coming next is I just cease to exist, you have to suck all the joy, That's scary. all the pleasure, all the fun. You got to suck the marrow out of life right now. It's up to you to get everything you can right now. Yeah. But suffering, sickness, adversity, financial disaster, whatever, it will rob you of life's meaningfulness and joy if all you have to live for is right now. And that's kind of the thing that Leo Tolstoy was getting to. Yeah, it's it's crazy, man, because I think from when I'm younger, maybe something to do with social media. Obviously, I think social media has a big effect on a lot of the social changes that's happened throughout the many past 10 years or so. Yeah. But like the whole God thing has kind of been pushed out of a lot of things in our lives. Yeah. Right. And, 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 you know, there's an argument saying that's probably why there's a lot. There's a lot more craziness that happens nowadays. Right. This world is scary. Like, you and I know, like, yeah. we can go to any sports event and be scared that something could happen because of everything that's been happening throughout the past few years, past sure. five years. And so it's it, it's scary that 
I think I, I, I don't want to be the type of person who's a Christian because I'm setting myself up for success in the future. You know what I mean? As yeah. in like, well, this is my insurance plan for the future, mm-hmm. you know? And sometimes I feel like I am right. Like I do believe in God. I can say it all day long. I do believe in God. And, yeah. and there's a lot of things that brought me to that conviction, mostly probably being overseas and actually feeling like, all right, I'm nervous. And I feel like mm-hmm. the only person I can turn to right now is God. And I think that's why I still stick with that now. Like there was times I didn't believe in it. Sure. But now I still do. It's convicted in me that there is something out there. And, and, but sometimes I question like, am I doing it as an insurance plan for, for my life now? And even though I feel like I live a godly life or as close to, um, a good Christian as possible, meaning I'm always trying to serve the others. I know I'm out there, but I also don't know if I'm just doing it to make sure my kids, I I don't know. It's a scary position to be in. I want to, I don't, yeah, the question the question comes down to right, and and I hear what you're saying, and I love the honesty and I love the vulnerability of this. Am I, am I like believing in God and doing this this whole religious thing for the good things that I can get, or is it because of God Himself? Because I because I delight in Him. If you're there on Sunday, I'm going to give you a little teaser of something that I'm going to say. And anybody anybody out there who's married or has been married, you can you can relate to this. That there are all kinds of things that we we all kind of problem solving and problem tackling we do as, 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 as a married couple, whether it's decorating the house or yard work or finances or just trying to keep our kids out of prison, you know, just yeah. be a decent human being. Yeah. I mean, we're always tackling all kinds of stuff all the time, but it's not, it's not out of the norm. I mean, it's normal for a, one of the couples to say, time out. <laughs> are, are we friends here? <laughs> Can yeah. we, I just need, listen, I need to do a break on the problem solving and just make sure that we're okay. I need to know that you love me and accept right. me. And I want you to know that because marriage isn't primarily about problem solving. It's yeah. primarily about a personal relationship. I know you and accept you and love you. You know me and, and love me and, and accept me. And on the basis of that, we can tackle other problems, right. but it's primarily about you and me. It's so, uh, what we're going to talk about at church on Sunday is that, that, that what is offered is a personal relationship and it's not primarily about problem solving. Yeah. It's primarily about a personal relationship with God through Jesus. And so there are, there is problem solving, but it's not primarily about that. And, I, and I'm convinced and you're just trying to be a wise dude. You're trying to plan for the future and all that's wisdom. That's, right. that's smart. I mean, that's, that's a, that's a great way. Uh, that, that, that that's a great way to, to approach life, but we have to answer this question. Am I, am I doing this simply because I want to get stuff from God or because I delight in him for the relationship? And, and I'm going to do trying to make a case on Sunday that it's God wants a, a relationship with him. Now I'm convinced following Jesus, taking his word seriously, it's going to make your life better because it's going to make you better at life, right. right? If you take what he has to say about money and relationships and all that kind of stuff and forgiveness, things are going to get better for you. Yeah. Um, but a lot of it goes is down to like being humble. Oh my gosh. It's the craziest thing. A lot of it. Like I've been watching you listen to you. I take notes every single time. You know, I take them, I take notes to fold my pocket and my wife pulls them out of pocket before it goes into laundry and she puts them on the, on the nightstand. And so I have tons of these notes Yeah. and all of it goes down to like, just being so humble in life and everything around you, like financially, family, everything being so humble. Yeah. That to me is like, I try to be that daily. You know what I mean? And I think that's what it's a lot of it came, comes down to that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's, it's fantastic. I think it was C.S. Lewis who said, Hey, humility isn't thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less, you know, and just, Hey, I'm going to value other people. I'm going to serve where they need. I'm going to love them. And there's, there's something amazing. I'm convinced that God hardwired, not just the universe, but just hardwired people to operate this way that when we love and we serve others, there's just something in them that they want to, they want to reciprocate that back. When people are kind to me, there's something in me. I want to reciprocate that back. And you know, it's funny in the same question, like 
I genuinely care about serving others. Like it's just hands down what sure. I do. I feel like that's why I wake up, put my shoes on because I'm inspired to in, to to help others. Whether it was in the military and serve our country, yeah. Whether it was in the law enforcement and serve the people, or now as serving as many veterans and law enforcement officers, whoever it is, but through through hardships, right? Whether it's yeah. connecting in any way and finding them direction, helping them, and you know, telling my story through my story. Hopefully, they find inspiration. And sometimes I feel like, you know, like I have a quote that everyone talks about all the time. They always want me to make a shirt that says, be a good dude, right? Like, just be a good dude. And yeah. that, that is very similar on the lines of what you just talked about. And I'm not sure if that's just me as a character, maybe the way I was raised by my parents as well. Or is that the Christian side of me just kind of spewing out? Like I, Well, you know, what a Christian would say and what I would say is it could be both or it could be there's this innate sense inside of all of us that we understand there are some things that are just wrong. We may not always agree on what's right and wrong. Right. But I mean, unless something has just gone haywire in your soul and in your yeah. brain, you just know these things are these things are right, and, and, and there are certain things there are certain things that are wrong. And what I would want to say to all the people out there, and I know that there are a lot of people who are who serve in law enforcement or military, and I, although I never did that, my my brother works in law enforcement, my dad was in the was in the military, uh, my dad was in law enforcement eventually was on the other side of law enforcement. <laughs> he recently got out of prison. That's a whole nother story in and of itself. But one of the things that's common and, and guys like you and people who are listening is just this desire to serve. You care about yeah. other people. And there's something inside of all of you guys and that it's just, I'll hurt so you don't have to. Right. And I'll put my life on the line for you. That's an, that's an amazing thing. And we admire that. And I think we should admire that. I think we should appreciate it more than we do. But here's my question. What makes that good? What, ma what makes that better than selfishness? Now, I understand yeah. why people are like, well, I like it better than that. But what makes it more than just your opinion? What makes it truly better? Right. You ask the question. You say, be a good dude. I'm all about that. Yes. Yeah. Love it. I'll buy that shirt from you. Good according to who? Right. If there is no if there is no ultimate lawgiver out there, if there is no God out there, if it's just us. Right. If we're just we're just accidental um creations of this mindless right. if arbitrary if evolution universe, not creation right we're all we at one day we're just gonna have to admit we're kidding ourselves there's no such thing as good and evil it's just a, a clash of preferences yeah. and try living that out try living this out that there's no difference in putting the dinner in the oven for kids or the kids in the oven for dinner right <laughs> <laughs> you can't live that out meaningfully we yeah. know we know for a fact man there's some things that are wrong and there are some things that are right what makes that true? Where does that come from? Where does that come from? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that's, that's interesting. I never even thought of that. And that's a question. I just think it deserves an answer. And you might disagree with me. You might yeah. say it's something other than God. Okay. And your answer is God. My answer is God. That, that God, didn't, God didn't arbitrarily make it up that the things that are good are things that are consistent with his essence, the things that are consistent with his character, and the things that are wrong are anything that violates that. Yeah. And I've just become, I, I take it seriously. Um, what, what Jesus said that God is love, right? That, yeah. that he is essentially loving and that everything that we should do is that's right is rooted in love. And if anything is wrong, it's ultimately because somewhere along the way, it violates what it means to love God and to love other people. I've never thought of that. That's, that's actually really interesting. Well, your dad, man, I, I tell my kids all the time, listen, you can disagree with my rules yeah. and sometimes I might get it wrong, but would you trust my intent that everything that we're doing is because your mom and I are trying to love you? Right. We want what's best for oh, it's you. It's all based off love. Yeah. A hundred percent. And it's, you know, it's funny. I do that. 
So there's a leadership speech I talk about in the military, and people are like, you know, what, what's good leadership? It's like you make the decisions off love. You're right. You're right. 100%. Because I love my soldiers as much as I love my kids. Now's a big problem for me is coming home from combat is trying to disconnect from the, my soldiers who I was essentially raising, feeding, nurturing, yeah. making sure they were safe. I would go into a door before them because I'd rather take the threat straight on with me besides allowing my kids to see that. In my head, my kids were my soldiers. And so it was like my whole leadership technique and style was always based off of love. And that's the same way I raised my kids. There's a a book I'm working on right now. It's leadership... It's leadership, but how similar, the, you know, the parallels of leadership, military, and raising my kids is all based off love. And, like, if I raise my kids like I raise my soldiers, and I raise my soldiers like I raise my kids, I feel like I'm always going to be right in the decision-making process. And um, and it's based off love, which raises the question. You know, the, the big question, I, I went to a Catholic college, was was my last college I played baseball for. Yeah. Um, they just gave me a full ride, so I went. It wasn't for any other reason, but... A lot of cool discussions happened there. It was in, it was in Kentucky, in the Bible Belt. And, okay. And, and everyone was, you know, I, I, that's where I ventured around and saw three different kinds of um, Christianity. I saw a Baptist church, you know, I saw a Pentecostal, mm-hmm. and then I saw a Catholic church, the one that my college was. And they had a conversation. They had a guest speaker run. He talked about how the parallels, or there is a way for evolution and creation to coexist. Oh, sure. And, and that's that's probably a cool question to answer. I'm not sure if you're prepared for that one today. Yeah, or I can, can talk it about it. But because there's always, man, I, I've gone on to these social media arguments and, and I try not to because yeah. I, I don't think I'm educated enough to have the greatest answer, but it's hard to watch it sometimes. I'm like, I know there's an answer for that and I just don't know where to go for it. So there's, there's another question. What, what is the correlation between the two and, and why are we not, why is evolution? Well, it depends on, yeah. if I could nerd out for a second. Please. If It depends on what you mean by evolution. There's micro and macro. If you're talking about changes within a species, well, I mean, only an idiot would deny that. Right. You've traveled around the world. I, I've gone to, uh, I've gone to England. I'm not a big dude. You're a big dude. I'm a sm- I'm like 5'8", <laughs> you know, and, but I have to like hunch when I'm walking in stairwells and these, like I go to York and, yeah. and, and there's this incredibly old, I mean like thousands, 1500 years old building. And, and I'm like, because people were smaller, people have gotten bigger. There's changes within species. There's, you know, I, I guess there's room for debate. Is there is it possible to transition from one species to a totally different species? Right. The whole, the whole, that's, that's yeah. the whole conversation of the monkey to us, right? That's, yeah. all, that's that you conversation. Know, and I would just like, I, I think that case is weak. I, I haven't been persuaded yet. Maybe, maybe people out there have been persuaded. Okay, cool. But still you could believe that it doesn't mean that you have to check your brain at the door when you, when they read the Bible. One of the things that I think is incredibly fascinating is that a lot of biologists tend to be atheists, but a lot of physicists at the very least are theists. They believe they believe in a God and theists meaning they believe in a God. They believe in a God. They may not believe in the same understanding of God as I do, but when they look at the universe, they just say, Oh there my is a gosh. creator of some and sort. So, and here's one of the reasons the best science that we have says that the universe has a finite past. When you look at things like the, like the red shift, when you look at the expansion of the universe, that there is a finite past to the universe and probably the most preeminent, uh, astrophysicists who talk about this are guys named, uh, board and Valinkin. And they, just said listen guys we cannot get around it that the universe has that it it wasn't there and then it then it was there it exploded into being and so everything that came into being everything that began to exist has a cause and so it and these guys to the best of my knowledge they're not religious dudes at all but they're saying hey listen um the universe wasn't there it big bang is our friend i mean if you're a christian the big bang is our friend um that it exploded and so math 
excuse me, math, matter, time, space, and energy began at the, at the explosion of the universe. So whatever the cause is for the universe is immaterial, spaceless, timeless, and incredibly powerful. Well, that's essentially how God is described from sentence one on page one of the Bible. If you, if you, if any of your listeners have a background and well, I mean, I was raised, you know, God created the world in six literal days, whatever. That viewpoint is incredibly young. Yeah. It's like 150 years old. You could read Christians from the fourth century, like Augustine, who laughs at ideas like that. Yeah. Uh, you can, I mean, you can go back and. and that it, literal, like, translation from the Bible the, kind of concept yeah. thing. If you want to know more about this, yeah. one of the smartest dudes on the planet right now is a guy named John Lennox. When I studied at Oxford, I got yeah. to meet John Lennox. John Lennox said this I don't want to study the lower mathematics like calculus and trigonometry because I want to know how the universe works. I'm like, well, congratulations on your brain that calculus and trigonometry yeah. are the lower mathematics. Yeah. I never got past algebra too. <laughs> but anyway, you can just Google seven days that divide the world. If you like to read, you can, you can read his book. Or if you, if you don't like to read, you can just listen to YouTube talks. And this is one of the, he's a, he's a mathematician at uh, Oxford University. And he just totally debunks that it's yeah. a six literal days. There are many physicists, many scientists out there who are, who happily reconcile what they read in the Bible with the science that they study. As a matter of fact, there was a, uh, a guy named Robert Jastrow. He was a planetary physicist for NASA. And one of the things that he's famous for saying is, listen, I'm, I'm just going to paraphrase, scientists labored and labored, and we were trying to st- struggle to find what the answer is. And we finally pull ourselves over the last hurdle who climb the, the mountain peak of understanding. And we find that philosophers and theologians have been sitting there for centuries. <laughs> and he's just basically, he's just one of many uh, physicists who said, guys, the universe has an absolute beginning. It has a cause. And the way that the Bible talks about what the cause is matches science better than any other thing we've discovered. That's exactly. So someone posted recently about that says science can't not proven that it's false right oh that's right yeah and so So, i mean the universe how do we explain that there was no universe and all of a sudden that it came into being everything that began to exist has a cause what's the cause when somebody will go well i'll raise you one what caused god well god is timeless he's spaceless he's immaterial he's eternal god never began to exist eternal means he has no beginning and he has no end he always has been he's always existed but science Scientists used to believe that the universe was eternal, and many scientists, including Einstein, resisted that because it meant that you had to admit that there was a cause, and the only explanation for that is God. And so, um, but now scientists pretty much universally agree, yep, it has it has a beginning. And if you go with answers like a multiverse, it just kicks the can back a little bit. It, it kicks the question back. It doesn't. A multiverse can't be an answer because what is the cause of the multiverse engine that's supposedly creating all yeah. of these universes? And that is 100% pure speculation. If you say multiverse, that is not a scientific response. It is a 100% philosophical response. It's crazy. You know, it's, it's funny. Like on, a, on another note, I have same exact concept, but I, I, trying to convince someone who came from faith that was, you know, uh, that they now disagree with here. We're living in Utah and just being out there. There's a lot of Mormons out here. And sure. there was a lot of Mormons that there's, there's some Mormons that decide to walk away from that church because they just found, don't, don't find, they find for some reason it's just not for them anymore. Yeah. I've invited one of my friends with me to come to church with me. Cause I'm thinking like, look, I think my church is a very soft, gentle approach to, to faith. And, and it's a very comfortable approach and not, 
yeah. the, the scary, you know, thought process, like, man, I don't want to go to church. And, and, and it starts, he's getting it's real weird in there. Yeah. And I think because he was upset about his, his past, uh, faith that he wasn't even ready to take on ours or, or to see our church and be like, he was like, he told me his words were like, I don't know, man, it felt a little hokey. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, I didn't expect that one because okay. I've gone. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and so with that reply, I was like, there's, um, there's so much hurt in people that grew up in faith. And then for some reason they just find their way out of it. Like questions like, why do kids get it? Why do kids get ill? And all these things yeah. that people will use, throw at me and be like, well, if there's really God, why would he allow this to happen to people? Why would this is? And I think it's the same question for my buddy. It's like, why would he allow himself to be part of something that he now has completely disagreed with? And sure. he's not ready to yeah. take in anything new because he may not be ready because he had a bad taste in his mouth. And, and, and I, I want to be sensitive to that. Yeah. I mean, you see somebody walk in the door and they're in a wheelchair. You like, you understand immediately. Oh, I should go open the door, you know, or I, I that need a little, little consideration, you know, um, it's easy. It's easy to recognize. It's hard to see the scars and the hurts that people have internally. Right. right. And so I think it's one of the reasons that it's so important to be humble, to be patient, yeah. to be gentle, because somebody might, just might not be ready to hear. And I'm and I'm OK with that. But uh, I listen, I'm all about creating helpful, attractional environments, yeah. you know, not attractive environments because I want to be allowed to be there. But <laughs> attractional environments, the kind of environments where people are like, yeah, it's cool to be here. We, we just launched this Thursday night service at, at yeah. our church. It's like it starts at 630. The service is an hour long. At 5.30, we have food trucks, at least one food truck out in the parking lot. So it's this cool vibe. And uh, But we end the service every week, Vince, with a live Q&A. People can write down That's a cool. question, turn it in anonymously, or they can raise their hand and, and ask a question. And I will stay uh, until the questions are done. That's There's cool. no question that we won't answer. I've been thinking about taking the kids to the, to, to the Thursday one or just yeah. going to the Thursday one. Yeah, but for your buddy, I mean, if he felt hokey, man, oh. Well, you know what I, it is? I, 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 don't, I don't like to hear that, but... Okay. I didn't either, but you yeah. know what you know what it is? It's I understood where he's coming from from yeah. someone who's so upset yeah. about being disillusioned. He, you know, he felt like he had the wool pulled over his eyes yeah. the whole time. And, and now he's like, Wait, this is so different. Look, I came from yeah. Catholic church and when I went to a Christian church for the first time, it was uncomfortable for me too. Oh my gosh. Because I'm yeah. like, why am I not kneeling and standing up every five minutes, oh, yeah. right? Why this is weird, you know? It was super different, and I think sure. that's what it was. It's like him eating going from one food to a different, his palate was just not having it right now. And, yeah. and I'm hoping he's willing to to take me up on the offer to do it again, but I just got to yeah. find a different approach because sure. I believe he's a really good person. And, and I don't like someone to walk away from something because of, I guess, I guess the wrong added. I don't know. It, it's just like people say, Oh, I hate the military. It's like, why you, know, you had, a, you had one bad experience with it. It's not, that's not the whole military. You know sure. what I mean? You know, like guys like, yeah. Oh, veterans are all this. I get this all the time. Like, but why are veterans like, ah, you had, you, you had a run in with someone that would, that's not everyone. You know what I mean? And that's yeah. kind of the same way I kind of feel with like, being able to walk in here and have a, I can have a conversation with you. I don't, I don't have to like the church and I do, but yeah. I'm saying, but I like to have the conversation with you and I like the, I like the information I get from there. You know sure. what I mean? And so yeah. I guess it was hard for me to watch my own friend be like, ah, I thought it was hokey. I was like, Whoa, bro. I know because <laughs> I mean, for, cause all of these things, it's, you can't escape the fact that it's personal and I can talk about these, these questions in, in an abstract way, origin, meaning morality, destiny. And I could talk about what I believe, but we could talk about churches but it's personal, right? Yeah. It's personal. It, a little, yeah. All right. And so that's another reason that's so important to be patient and, and gentle. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's cool. It's that you talk about Augustine uh, and sometimes I relate to what I do for a living in, in how you, it's, it's so funny. What you speak about in church a lot of times is how is really 
a lot can translate to my approach to social media. You know okay. what I mean? I'm on social media. I'm in the limelight. I'm people. People follow me. Yeah. Um, and and when I take a, when I take a step back and saying, what am I actually doing with my social media? My goal is to continue to try and be this a solid role model for veterans, for fathers, for whoever. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. And in doing that, and and I always have the question like, am I doing it selfishly? And I don't ever want to be doing stuff. So I don't want to post a selfie because I need the likes, right? Like, and that's oh a big my thing. gosh. Yeah. Right. right. And so I can relate to that. Right. And so exactly. And so it's the, like, okay, when I get up and speak, right. My, my goal is I want to be helpful. Yeah. But there's like something, there's something broken inside of me yeah. that wants to use people to make me feel better about me. Well, like I got to wrestle that down every day. You're on stage and you, you're entertaining as well as you are informing. You know, and I'm sure for you. Would you tell my kids that? Yeah, I'll tell okay. them. <laughs> I'll let them know you're funny. Uh, he's a funny guy. <laughs> but that's the thing for me as well. It's like, yeah. I hope I am not doing this out of selfish in any way, shape, or form. Do I need to pay my bills? Yes. Right? Yeah. Like, yes. I need to work for to yeah. pay my bills. But at the same time, like, I don't want to be vain in the decision-making process and what but I do. You know what? Selfish and self-interest are not necessarily the same thing. Right? Yeah. I need to eat to live. Right. That is self-interest. Selfish is I'm always going to take the the biggest slice of pizza. Or I'm yeah. going to I'm going to take from you That's in order to feed one. myself. Listen, self-interest. You like need you have needs right. that you need to take care of, and you have wants that deserve to be fulfilled. Right. Yeah. And one of the one of the reasons that. Like I like to tell people, hey, one of the reasons that I'm a Bible person that I've come to trust it is because I think it makes sense of life and it like predicts things in life. And and it, you know, um, I, I think that it kind of gets me better than I get me sometimes. But one of the things that I love is it talks about all good things come from God. Right. Yeah. Like we were designed to enjoy life. We're not machines. We're not moist robots who are only pragmatic and utilitarian and just get work done. This is meant to be enjoyed. Yeah. No, for sure. This, this is one of the quotes I co- I copied from you. I took it from the from the thing. It says, "Do you wish to rise? Begin by descending." Yeah. It says, "You plant you plant a tower that will pierce the clouds. Lay first the foundation of humility." Yeah. And that I took. That, to be clear, that came from Augustine, Augustine, not from me. No, no, yeah, yeah. Sorry. I I don't know how smart I am. I think I'm just smart <laughs> enough to quote people who are smart. Right. They, they, you quoted that from Augustine. Yes, I have that on here. Yeah. <laughs> but the point was like. This to me was so huge on people on social media trying to gain a following. And yeah. it's like, but if you're gaining a following off no foundation, right? There's no purpose and there's no plan and there's no real uh, reason. Mm-hmm. Well, then you're, you're, you're growing it to be selfish. You're looking for the likes. You're looking for the vanity side of, oh, of yeah. social media and not yeah. for the purpose of inspiring, motivating, entertaining, whatever the case. Yeah, I'm giving to you. Yeah. I'm not just trying to get from you. Right. And that's huge in my world. It drives yeah. in, in the reason I'm in the position I am, I work alone on my world and I and I have my friends, but I'm saying yeah. I've stepped out and did my own thing because I felt like I wanted to provide more of a service through social media and oh, not yeah. so much Hey, if I could bring it back to the church world, I think this is probably why so many people have had such a kind of rough background with church is because you felt like the church or the pastor was trying to get something from you. Yeah. And we're working hard to only have the disposition. We want something for you, not from you. Right. And what I hear from you is you're like, I want something for these guys. Right. And so I'm investing myself and I'm, and I'm doing all this work because I want four people, not 
it's not because you're trying to get something from them. That's the number one reason why I continue to show up on Sundays. Like, I feel like I don't have to. I can sit here and watch you online live. You know what I mean? Yeah. I can sit there and also go through the Bible and start learning things on my own. I can go through all these books and I could do, I could provide my, my, my learning and being a Christian other ways. But I do show up and take away almost every single time something that I can implement towards my life or my thought process in life. And that's huge for me because I'm always searching. I'm the thirstiest person in the room looking for more information, more how can I better myself and, and, and help? How can I help others more? Yeah. And in, in just mindsets alone is so huge in how I help others by saying, you know what? Think of life this way. Think mm-hmm. of what you're doing for others this way. And, and it becomes easier, I guess. Yeah. And so things like that, that quote killed me i went yeah. home and was like oh my god yeah. what a good quote and it meant so much and it made me start looking into augustine himself dude he's he's so brilliant and you were here you were here that day you, you heard me say humility did not become a value until christianity became normal in the world it was not a virtue that people admired it yeah. was something that people despised it was something that people exploited and made fun of but it was it was it's only the only reason that it's common to admire humility today is because of Christianity. That doesn't prove Christianity is true. Right, right, right. That's just one thing that it's added to humanity. Let me ask you, if your son comes to you and says, Dad, I'm scared of death. Yeah. What do you tell him? I say, man, sometimes I am too. <laughs> right? <laughs> but tell me what may I'm but instead of I'm I, I don't even know if I've modeled this today, but one of the things I want to do is just ask a question. Tell yeah. me why. Right. What is it that what is it that makes you afraid? Yeah. And, and I, want, I want to hear I want to hear more from from him and that. And then I'm eventually going to turn and say, do you know why I'm not afraid? Yeah. Do you know why ultimately I have confidence? And then I'm going to I'm going to talk about the hope that I've discovered in trusting and following Jesus. I got a book in my car that I'm going to give you. OK. And, and it's the book that being in the military, um, I questioned my faith during that time a lot because I was actually coming from Kentucky. Life wasn't going as planned, feeling like what's going on. Then it's feeling like maybe I don't need God. I kind of yeah. just I figured out myself, kind of this yeah. stubborn attitude. And then and then going in there in base training, realizing like, man, I'm probably going to combat really soon. Yeah. And I went to combat 30 days after graduating RIP, which is I went from basic to airborne to to the special operation for Ranger Battalion. Yeah. Got there. And within 30 days, I was already in Afghanistan. And that's where I started like. Now I'm nervous. Like, that seems like a lightning fast pace. It was so fast compared to what most people's. Some guys go just as fast. They go out of basic th- there, and so it was fast. It, like I signed up. I went through basic, which is a which is a 16 week process. Three weeks for airborne. Three yeah. weeks for rip. Boom. Th- three weeks later, I pretty much I'm in Afghanistan. Wow. And um, it was scary. Yes, um, but it was like. I don't want to be afraid of dying for my country. I was actually like, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with the fact of dying for my country because this is what I need. Also, for the fact, like, my daughter, I wasn't, I wasn't the best dad in her life at that point because I was gone playing baseball. You know, I didn't know her much, but I also knew I wanted to provide financially for her. So if I died, I knew I'd receive money. Sure. And I'd also be known as a, you know, a hero to, yeah. to the most. So I'm like, eh, I'm good enough with that. I'm, I'm okay with that. Yeah. But sitting there in a helicopter going on a mission, I'm terrified, like, man, I'm not ready. I feel like there's so much more I could be doing in life. And so I started getting really nervous about it. And I didn't want that nerves to, to, to hinder my skill sets on a battlefield. And so I started researching and there was this ranger that I really respected, uh, who was there for, have you ever seen the movie Black Hawk Down? Yeah. He's one of the, one of the individuals in that he was an infantryman. He, he, he actually was in the car with the first casualty. He made the call. His name is Jeff Struker. Jeff Struker is a well-known Christian right now. And, and he became infantry to a um, pastor. Uh, so they call it a, in the military, they call it something else. I'm sorry, I can't even think of the name. But 
he was my he was he was my my pastor on a, before a mission. The reason why I have Psalms, you know, eighteen thirty-two to forty-five, is the, is what he said to us before a mission and yeah. blew my mind. And so then I was like, all right, now he's raising the question again, and I started reading, and he wrote a book, and it talks about why he stopped fearing death. Yeah. And and he and when I'm reading his book, his first like five pages just reminded me of me so much being being, being nervous to die, like. Man, I don't want to die. Like, yeah. That sucks. And then reading that book. And so I brought you that book. It's not a very okay. difficult book. It's nothing. It's just something that touched well, me. Good. Does it have a lot of pictures? You know? It's a lot of pictures. <laughs> it was written by an army ranger. Well, I, man, good. I look forward to reading that, man. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. And then I have my book as well. I'm going to give you. That's and, a cool part of your story. Yeah. It, That's it's, a cool part of your story. It's it's interesting, man. And yeah. you know, it's funny with what like I do it's for easy living. for me to talk about it because yeah. like the most dangerous thing I'm going to face is a paper cut. <laughs> but I mean, you're on a helicopter. You're going. You're on your way to yeah. a mission. It's a the existential you know, threat, the, it's a, it's the, a trip. The, it, it's, it's far more real. The existential crisis. That's the term I was looking for. It's right there. In Iraq was the, yeah. was the most action we had in my yeah. career. And it got to the point where you're just completely like, here we go. And you kick in the yeah. door and go. And it's like, this might be in no, no joke. This goes through your head. Yeah. I might get shot in the face right now. Yeah. Let's go. And, and once you're already okay with that, there's something in there that's telling you, you're okay. And at that point, I already kind of reconnected yeah. with my, my, with my faith. And before every mission, I'm, we're driving there and I'm like, yeah. All right, Lord. Hey, take care of me. Can I risk being like super hokey? Please. I think I can kind of relate kind of like Please, super tiny. <laughs> so I took, so my son turned 12 this year yeah. and it's a, uh, this is the year you become a man, right? Right. We are moving from boy to young man. And so we've been working hard on it. And so we turned 12, took him to uh, Kansas city. We went to a NASCAR event. Yes. We went to, uh, we went to uh, a Kansas city chiefs game, went with some buddies. It was great. Well, one day we, we went to this hole in the wall barbecue joint it was awesome. Driving to the airport. My buddy who's driving, he's like, look at that. And there's a dude who's just like wailing on this woman. Whoa. Right, on a car. And so we pulled, oh, we're in this shady neighborhood. Yeah. We pulled, we pulled the car over, told the boy, stay in the car and we jump out. Um, you're risking it there. You know, yeah, that I went to pull my knife out of my pocket, but it's in my suitcase. Cause I'm on my way to the airport. Cause I can't have, yeah. and, uh, and, uh, she comes running over and he jumps in the car and drives away. And so we're, we're talking with her, you know, are we going to call the police? And I see the car turn around and it's coming, it's coming back. <sighs> And like, all I know to do is instead of face the car, turn sideways. So hopefully I'll be harder to shoot. Yeah. And my son is in the, is in the car right there. And I'm just like, yeah, I, I don't know if I'm going to get shot here, but okay. It is what it is. Yeah. You, you know, you sit there and everything is like, did I make the right decision by stopping? Did I yeah. risk my own kids? Yeah. It, it, everything goes through the head. It's the like long a story short. The guy did come back, did not have a gun, but I just, I knew for a fact. Did, you, just, have, did I, you have to fight him or anything? No, no, he, no, I. I've got a, I've got like a, I've got like a megaphone voice and I like, I, I think I kind of startled Scared, him yeah. and, he, and he drove off. I'm like a small, unintimidating guy, but I think my voice when I, when I go into boom mode, kind of, yeah. kind of shocked him and he, he drove off. But, That's uh, scary. No, it was a, it was a scary, it was scary. a scary moment. And my, our sons are in the, are yeah. in the suburban, you know, they're kind of freaking out. And, and my buddy and I were like, Hey, this <laughs> it I, is the, what it is. Yeah. I'm the same. Like yeah. I, I, I stop for all kinds of stuff and I'm always like, so that was unplanned. Do? Yeah. And it was like a total of five minutes, but you planned and you're yeah. like, I'm here for how long were you there? A year, two no, years. No, no. So, so special operations, we go like six months at a time. It's but a quick trip. You got this six months. You just go into it. Yeah. Right. And you're like, you're in that moment. What I experienced for maybe five minutes, you're just, that's your lifestyle. 
Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. It's. It's interesting. It's interesting. But you know, it's funny. You take away all the politics and all the all the whatever. It's. It's. You're there with the, a bunch of other guys who are who need college later on, who want to pay their yeah. bills, who are trying to support their families. Yeah. And and you're so inspired to just be good for them. It's powerful and it's cool, you know, and, and that's why I understand why it's hard for guys getting out and transitioning. And I feel bad for them because it, it's a, it's an easier time overseas because what's the one thing I have to worry about is getting shot. Yeah. What else do I have to worry about? Nothing else. I don't have to worry about my bills. I don't that's have a to worry. Fascinating perspective. I have nothing else to worry about. So I sit there, I put on my boots, I enjoy my workouts, I enjoy my food, and then we go on our mission. And the only thing I have to worry about is one, losing a friend or losing my life. Huh. And that is so little, so huh. little to what I worry about today, this morning. Am I going to get the kids to school early? Are they all going to get their lunch? Really? Gonna, like, there's so much extra here we okay. have to worry about. Okay. That over there, it's like, sometimes I used to be, I'd get off the plane in Afghanistan and be like, ah, oh, I'm glad we're here because life back there gets to stop for me. And here is now it's just fun. It's And, and I say fun is you train, train, train so hard. It's like finally yeah. you get to put your skill sets in action in, in a belief of you're going to help United mm-hmm. States of America from potential terrorist attacks. You're going to try and stop. When us. I hear you say fun, I don't, I don't hear at all a delight and man, I hope I get to shoot somebody, but no, no, no. But there's, but there's a reason that there's like fantasy camps and yeah. guys love to, pay. there's some, I mean, just the camaraderie it's, and it's adventure. Big, it's, it's big boy, biz, and, big, uh, boy scouts. Yeah. You know, okay. it's, it's, I'm hanging out with the boys. We're yeah. going to laugh. It's, it's, it's locker room talks for four months straight, getting to know you guys, That's, working out. You know, one of my favorite weeks of the year yeah. is uh, favorite. My favorite week of the year is, uh, or one of my favorites is all the, all the pastors. We go away and yeah. it's just us. It's just dudes. And we're staying in a house for like four days and we're like working hard, planning for the next year. And we're playing hard too. Yeah. We're, we're playing golf. We're doing all kinds of yeah. stuff. And, and free, it's just, it's just awesome. It's just it dudes hanging it out is. with no other distraction, no other thing going on. I freaking love that. That's, man. that's what, that's what going overseas is for us. Yeah. A hundred percent. And being special operations, we only had men yeah. in the unit. So we didn't have to, it was just, let's go overseas. We're going to do our job and we're not doing a job. We're either we're doing something. Hey, I'm not fun. down on, on ladies, but I like that. <laughs> there's like this etiquette that I don't have to live up to. <laughs> I can just, it's just different when or you're like hanging you, out with you dudes. Half man. the time these guys are just walk around just their, their underwear and just, be, you know, doing pushups everywhere they go. It's just a fun dudely dude area, right? Yeah. Here. Yeah. It's, it's, I get it. it's cool, man. Yeah. It's, 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 that's, that's where the barbershop kind of came into like kind of a cool comrade. Dude, I love space. the barbershop. Man. Nah, I appreciate it. I love the barbershop. Look, we're coming up to an hour here and I would like to offer you lunch. I'd like to take you to lunch if you have the time. I know Let's you, do it. And, and, and I just want to say thank you. Uh, this is not the last I'm going to have you on here. Okay. I know my listeners are going to have questions and stuff they want to argue about or whatever the case. Yeah. And please, I, I ask you listeners, anyone, you, any questions, anything you want to throw at us, please do, man. I'm, I, it always, I'm welcome to that conversation. And um, Rick, if anything you want to plug, please do it now. You can say anything, SMCC, anything you want. And I'll also add links to, to sure. a before post so, so you can send me the you letter. You know, I mean, if somebody's, if somebody's out there listening and they're wondering, like, is there anything worthwhile to, to listen to? We, we put all of our messages online. Uh, but let me promote somebody else. One of, the, one of my, fa- two of my favorite pastors, and I think they're great thinkers, and I think they're incredibly considerate people. Uh, one is a guy named Andy Stanley. Uh, just Google Andy Stanley or Google Tim Keller. Google those two guys, and uh, they're incredibly helpful. Awesome. I appreciate it, Rick. You guys listening, thank you very much for listening. Bye. I did it. I did it.